Web3 with me is a discussion style podcast about the ins and outs of Web 3.0, hosted by Zach French, known as Off Edge in the verse. From crypto to NFTs, DAOs to DeFi, we cover the abstract philosophical promises and the new business models enabled in this new decentralized world. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or watch the show on YouTube. Thanks and enjoy. Zach French is a bar certified attorney and nothing expressed by Zach during Web3 with me shall be considered legal advice. All the opinions expressed by Zach and his guests are solely their own opinions. All content in Web3 with me is for informational purposes only. Zach and his podcast guests may maintain hey everyone. in the security Thanks so much for being listeners Web3 of Web3 with me. I want to take a few seconds to tell you about my exciting new B2B offering. It is the mission here to educate. I sincerely believe Web3 can make the world better for more people. Businesses shouldn't be left out, though, so I've launched The Web3 Coach. It's a bespoke education experience designed to help your team understand how Web3 affects your particular industry or company and identify opportunities unique to Web3. Whether you have a law or accounting firm with a growing number of clients participating in Web3 through crypto and NFTs, or you're a real estate syndicate looking for different ways to raise money, or teams just of fast-growing Web3 companies who want to understand your customers and your new teammates, I make sure you can talk the talk and leave feeling more confident about this crazy new world. Please take a minute to check out my website at theweb3coach.xyz. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. My guest today is TJ, known as Gopher TJ in the Verse. TJ is a young NFT collector and crypto degen. In this episode, he shares a little about how creativity in a bag of spray paint let him into Web3 and how he's never looked back. Hope you enjoy. LFG, baby. Let's start vibing. TJ, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, super happy to have you on the show. I always like to start with the same question. You know, tell us a little bit about your founding story and what makes TJ, TJ. Oof, okay. Um, well, I'd say my founding story comes a little bit off of my, my childhood and then also going into college and kind of the career path I'm working down now. Working down now. Um, growing up as a kid, I was always like super on the move, super adventurous, very ambitious and everything. Um, I grew up down in the Florida Keys, spent my whole life like fishing on a boat and living the island life for a bit. And then um, when I finally decided to go to college, got, I guess, a taste of the real world, per se. Um, And then once I did that, I got fully into everything that goes on in like the real world, the whole like politics and economics and just everything going on in the mix there. Um, But throughout all of that, I was always super interested in new tech and like new stuff coming out. And that's something I've always been driven to is like, I don't know, maybe like newest phone that comes out or any new technology that's kind of changed the world in any aspect. So a um, little bit of my back background on that. When I actually graduated college, I went and worked for a bank for about a year, a large international bank, and realized that wasn't really the calling for me. And then it was about around that time, I'd say like ooh, a little bit over a year ago that I dove into crypto. And I think one of my buddies um, was like, hey, you should get into like Litecoin or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, what's this? And then I just opened the massive rabbit hole of crypto and NFTs that I would say is 
probably my personality characteristic at this point, even though <laughs> it'd be better to be a crypto bro, um, be something other than a crypto bro at this, at this point in time. But, um, that's pretty much what I do do exclusively now is I'm very involved in like the crypto NFT side. I did a lot of like DeFi back in last fall, um, got to travel, go to some events, got to meet a lot of cool people and just every single day learning about the space and the tech that's coming out. And I'm just a super NFT crypto nerd at this point. Um, and that's the best way I could describe TJ. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like uh, one, you're young and hungry. Uh, two, you're yes. an early adopter, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I still have to explain at every family function what an NFT is. Or the best was like DeFi protocols last fall. Um, they were like a very big hit and everybody's like, those are Ponzi schemes. And I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe they're not. And then most of them turned out to be Ponzi schemes. But um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, very ambitious in the space. I'm trying to learn as much as I can currently. That's awesome. I know uh, you and I, we, we've, we met uh, in this space and fell in love with it uh, almost around the same time. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> one of the things I had to develop early on was some sort of strategy to tell the difference because it's so busy, right? I mean, there's, every, there's, there's like 10 new projects a day, and that's probably just one layer one. That's just an Ethereum or just Solana. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about what kind of your fundamental strategy is when you are evaluating different projects and feel free to elaborate uh, from a DeFi perspective, but also NFTs. I know you're more involved with NFTs now, but would love to just give the audience an idea. And, and one other caveat, you heard the, the disclaimer at the beginning, this is not investment advice. Thank it's you. not financial advice. Do not yeah. listen to me or anything yeah. else. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And I'd say a lot of fundamentals tie back into, I guess, general investing overall. And it, it's very like broad, broad strategies in the sense that there's like a couple key principles I take by. Um, when I was in college, I learned how to like options trade a bit. And I was doing that throughout college. And a lot of those same principles like, like come into the NFT space as well. And so when I'm like looking at a project or something to invest in, like the first like fundamental rule I look for is like, am I okay if I put money into this project or this investment? Am I okay if it goes to zero? That type of thing. And if, if you're comfortable with any type of investment going to zero and you're true to yourself and like you can honor that commitment that you put on yourself, you'll be a lot more comfortable in the space and, and you'll make better choices and better investments. Because if you try and go into a project that's way out of your league in terms of like money and too much risk, Sure, it could have a larger payoff, but if you get hit, and most likely you will get hit in the NFT space um, with a lot of projects, it's really a bummer and really suck. Um, so I'd say like the first thing I look I look for is a project that's not overvalued. Say if there's a project that's minting, um, I look at the price. If the price is more than like 0.2 ETH, it better be worth it. And I'm putting in a ton of research into it, the team and everything they have going on. And I guess that speaks larger to my strategy for NFT investing. The first thing I look at is like the team the medium articles, um, which are like kind of like a written like blog post, a lot of like NFT projects do. And those can tell a lot. Like if you look at the team, see past projects they've done, do extensive research into them, see how much actual experience they have. There's a lot of young people in the space like me who are just like launching projects and a lot of them fail just because like we don't have the, as much experience um, just in running like a huge, huge project like that. So looking at the team, looking at any written pieces they have, and then making sure you find something that sets them apart than every other project. Because um, a common theme is in the space is people copying others and then trying to generate hype. Um, so I try and uh, try and find something that's unique 
in something that I believe in. And I only invest in stuff that I think could have good term long, good long-term potential value. I'd say that's like 80 to 90% of my investments there, because even if it goes, the, the price goes down, if you believe in the team and you believe in the tech, you're going to be in a lot, lot, much more comfortable space going forward. Um, I do gamble in like the sense of like quick projects that like have a lot of hype and you're like, okay, I'll like invest in this and then I'll turn around and flip it. Um, for a quick profit and flipping in the NFT spaces where you basically like buy an NFT and then you turn around and sell it really quick for hopefully as much profit as you can. Um, or you flip it for a loss. There's, there's a lot of people, um, and people are referred to as like flippers in the space. Um, we're just trying to DGENs, like constantly trying to get a profit. The worst is when people are like trying to flip a project and they're taking like $10 in profit and you're like, why did you, why did you do this? <laughs> um, cause you just I heard so about I heard about a bot. A friend of mine was telling me about a bot the other day that was uh, what it does is it searches for offers that are drastically over the base, the floor price. Um, and what it is, 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 is it's the term is fat fingered, right? Which means that, yeah. oops, I missed a decimal point and it happened to a friend of mine and uh, 0.5 ETH instead of 0.05 ETH, uh, the bot it immediately buys it for whatever it's listed at, which is much less than 0.5 ETH, and then immediately accepts the offer. It happened in less than one minute. So, I mean, you gotta know if you are trying to flip one, you've gotta be right twice because you gotta be right on entry and exit. So it's a lot harder strategy. And two, you're competing with that. So it's tough, it's hard out there, but It is yes. very tough, yeah. yeah. I've tried to do it too and I've been unsuccessful. So now I just buy and hold. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as well. Um, I have gotten a lot better at like seeing projects that I think and like kind of getting like an understanding or vibe of like a project as well. I think it comes down all to also um, to like core fundamentals for like NFT projects as well, more so on the statistical side. Say there's like the standard 10K uh, PFP project is what is most common in the NFT space. And like throughout like the past couple of years, it's just been like these 10K projects like Board Ape, Yacht Clubs or what, what my friends like to call it, like those ape monkey things that you buy, those JPEGs. Um, and for those, like, I like to look for a project that say if there's 10,000 listed, you have at least 50% um, is like a holder count. So if you have 10,000 listed, you want at least 5,000 unique holders who are holding these NFTs. The higher, the better in, in terms of my opinion, um, because you do get to a point where you have like whales who can control the entire market. And I think of each of these NFT projects as it's like own small stock market. There's only so much liquidity going on. And then you, you, we'll have a lot of big players in the space as well who can just control the entire stock price or the, the crypto NFT price of that asset. So it's really important that like the unique holder count is as high as possible in relationship to the total supply. Um, and then I also look for volume in a project. And that's something more so that's come out is the NF NFTs can be like extremely non-liquid. Like it, it can be very difficult to sell an NFT at point. Like so you could buy an NFT for a thousand dollars and then you could try and list it back for a thousand dollars and it might not sell for like two months because all volume could be pulled out of a project. People might not be interested anymore. There's a lot of like projects that like pop up, have a lot of hype though. Anything that's like very hyped up and is like tied to communities that do a lot of hype. Like at most I'm only looking as, at those as like a, like a flipping type of project. Like I'll get in hold for maybe a day or two and then I'm out. Um, just I feel like you have to be skeptical when there's that much hype. I mean, I watched, um, Art Wars. Do you remember Art Wars? Uh, they were like, they did, uh, it was a, 
I can't remember the artist's name. It was a, a fine art artist, I believe. It got the license for the Stormtrooper helmets from oh, Star Wars and was and they wanted to create NFTs. But it was a great idea. But then all of a sudden they disappeared. I haven't looked into the story, but they were gone. And I don't think it was a rug. I just don't think they knew what they were doing. Uh, yeah. But but th- what they were doing, you can go into these discords. Uh, there's some stuff that's held up. Mecca was like that. If you remember Mecca, Mecca then they came sure. out and like, they all looked kind of the same. And so you're kind of, every single one looked the same. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, this all looks the same. They just changed the colors. Wow. Um, and they were good artists. They were very well-respected artists. I think they just assumed that they could capitalize on the space by doing the thing that everybody else was doing. And when you get in those discords and they're telling you, show me level 10s, show me level 20s, like, like there's, there's, you know, 17 year olds sitting in their basement, just typing a word and pressing enter every five minutes. And they're getting these levels, right. To get on these yeah, levels. discord levels or yeah. bots or a lot of bots are being put in there to do this stuff. And whenever I see that I run now, I have been wrong. I was wrong about invisible friends. That one held up pretty good for a while. I mean, nothing's holding up right now, but like, you know, when I see that kind of stuff, when there's hundreds of thousands of people in the discord, there's hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter. And they just announced it a month ago. I'm just like, Something's, something's got to give here. Something's got to give. It's a little tricky. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, a lot of the time there's like a bunch of influencers in the space as well who will hype up projects. And I, I try and stay away from any project that an influencer is hyping up because if they've already found about it and already invested in it, and now they're talking about it, they just want you to increase the floor price. So then that way they can sell and get their exit liquidity, um, yep. which is like a common term in the space. Yeah. it's. I can so, tell you this. I had a, a tweet that I retweeted the other day and it was this guy calling out like Floyd Mayweather, the Paul brothers, uh, these, all these celebrities that are going in and they're basically creating these projects, collecting their couple million dollars and running away. And nobody's doing I mean, anything about it. Meanwhile, no. the FBI is indicting like this guy, the head of product from OpenSea for making 60 grand. These people have made millions of dollars on the backs of other people. So I think we're going to see a lot of that gap closed. I hope we do because it's just not good for the space. It's not healthy. No, yeah, definitely, definitely not at all. And I I saw the similar articles, a bunch of like sports, like baseball players, like launched NFT projects and were supposed to do exclusive merch and take holders on like one-on-one private calls so they could like talk to the team members. And then none of that happened and they made like 1.3 million. And I was like, hmm, wonder if the FBI is going to check that out because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it happens moral, a lot. And, moral yeah. of the story, folks, don't believe what you read on socials. Do your own research. D-Y-O-R. Do your own research. Absolutely. Yeah. D-Y-O-R. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Yeah, no uh, there's a few things I want to definitely uh, reach a little bit deeper on, but I think your participation and belief in Web3 didn't force you to be creative, but like it, it, it helped you bring out your creative side. Um, which I've also experienced as well with some of the early like competitions and Ned fellows that I was doing, like oh, I yeah. made this table and my cousin was in town and we made this video for the table and I didn't win, but it felt good to do. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's, that's one of the really cool things about the space. That's, that's, uh, really a strong driver because it's so much easier for creativity and creators to, make it if you will right or own what they're doing so what it's doing is it's pulling this out of people who may have done what you've done some some amateur painting or maybe nothing at all just to try it right and i think it's it's like one of the most valuable things that like really kept me in it 
as I went through, you know, starting in March of last year and seeing a massive dip and then coming back and seeing what we're going through right now, which mm. is the same, right? But this is staying power. I mean, I've always, uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but like I've always viewed Web3 as like one thing that it creates is almost like a, a like new salon, if you will, like, like the salons of the old days where the artists would meet and they would, you know, talk about their creativity and talk about what they were working on. And who knows what else I would love to have been on a fly on the wall then, but I feel like this is the digital version of that because people can make a living, whether it's directly with their art or just using their motivation with the art to go get a community manager role. Oh yeah. And I think, like uh, when I first entered the NFT space as well, it seemed a lot more focused on like the artists and putting out like original artwork, like art blocks and stuff. But just that on its own made it possible for like even somebody that like, like some of the artwork we see today. I don't know if you ever saw like the Kevin, the, like the Kevin memes, like that, that one NFT that looks absolutely god like awful, but like sold for a couple ETH. It makes it possible that anybody can just like tap into their artistic side and then be able to like extract a lot of value from the space, even somebody that might not even be the best artist. It, you, it might just be like a luck of the draw type of thing. Well, that's the culture side, I think, right? Like that's, yeah. that, that is the, the side where uh, some that, that people who are not in the space make fun of, which is like someone sold an ETH rock for $20,000. Yeah, exactly. Those are prime much. example right there. Yeah. yeah. Or Lego <laughs> or blocks. Uh, I mean, yeah. but I think what, what someone misses that just reads a headline or that reads an article or something on it is they miss what, why that specific work, like what that represents. Like, is that a membership into a good community? Is that hanging out with all your friends? Is it, I mean, look, and there's a lot of speculation too. I'm not sitting here thinking like everything is well-intentioned. There's a lot of people that are rugging and doing all the bad things. Oh, yeah. From a positive state point of view, there is a lot of people that are, actually in this and i mean really just fostering themselves as as people and and as a community and co-creating which has been a theme that i've noticed across different communities so it's pretty cool that you did that i love that story i'm glad you shared it with me but you are taking a lot of risk oh yeah oh yeah Yeah, that that is i think i think the, the things i pull out of that is one you're very motivated um to to make a name for yourself and you want to be seen as an expert in the space right you don't want to succumb to the old adage that the worst addiction is a is a regular paycheck um but with that you're taking a big chance i mean i don't know about you but when i'm talking to my friends and family like they're like what are you doing right like some of them some of them are supportive like i'm not acting like like the rebel but like a lot of them are like, here's another article scam. Here's another article ripped off. Here's another article. This is fake. Here's another article. This is a pyramid scheme. And it's it's hard, man. Um, it, and you have to have a level of conviction. And I think that's the trade-off, right? Like, okay, here's certainty, which is go to law school, go to med school, go get an MBA, go work at a company, right? And that's not a bad path for most people. Um but then there is the, I guess, more entrepreneurial minded people is how I kind of characterize them that are like, okay, where can I get a greater reward in less time, but I have to take on equal amount of risk or more risk than usual. And that to me is the space, right? And the first year that I was in it, that was just NFTs, basically. I started to understand the dynamics of what was possible because of 
the dynamics that you got with different NFT collections, but it was just NFTs. Um, and now <laughs> I'm doing this full time. Uh, I'm doing podcasts. I'm working on a few businesses. I'm working with some startups like that are kind of what three focused mm-hmm. and I'm spending less and less time in NFTs. And it's not because NFTs are bad. Uh, it doesn't hurt that it's also in a dip right now, a very bad oh, yeah. but it's because I'm building now. I always like to ask because all of my guests are from different walks of web three. Um, I think you have an idea. I have people that are doing in the service, creative industry, branding. I've got full-time NFT collectors from that were previously, you know, fi- fine art collectors and film producers. I've got uh, attorneys that have taught their entire life and are true academics in the space, writing master's thesis on the metaverse. And, and then I've got, you know, people that are unique like you that have collected NFTs, that have done DeFi, that, have, that are now community managers in the space. So, when someone comes up to you and they're like, TJ, WTF are you doing? <laughs> uh, how do you explain Web3 to them? How do you define it? Uh, how do you explain to them what exactly this space is? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, usually when people ask, I just say, oh, I'm doing like some crypto stuff. And they're just like, oh, it must be a scam. You're probably down really bad right now. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And then we brush off the conversation. But um, the people that are actually interested and like are really curious about it, I, I, I think about it as more so <clears throat> taking the technology that you have and like Web2, say like Facebook, Google, that type of stuff, like good, good tech that allows you to connect with people to maybe even secure loans, do financial transactions, like anything that's like traditional like world aspects of technology and then bringing it into a higher level where it's more accessible by more people more decentralized and carries more risk, but has the greater opportunity for innovation. And that's what I like kind of start with when I describe Web3 to people as like kind of this third generation of the internet where it's a lot easier to do certain things, but it obviously carries more risk um, in executing those functions. So like I use like a prime example of like, one thing you could do with like Web3 is like, say like the housing market. Web2, like the housing market right now is the greatest profits to make like generally in the housing market and I'm no expert, so don't take this as financial advice at all, but um, the greatest uh, like money moves in the financial market and the housing market can be like in properties that are in like prime real estate locations. And that usually are, I don't know, they could be like half a million plus. And then within this housing market, they've gone from like half a million to a million. Right. So you can make like, I don't know, $500,000 off of a property renovating it. If it's in a nice area type of deal. That's not easily accessible to people that are living in like a lower income area of town where their property might only be $200,000. And then they're doing a flip from $200,000 to two fifty dollars type of deal. They don't have the capital to go work and like be involved on a $500,000 house and flip it for a million. They're like taking $200,000 houses and flipping them for two fifty, dollars maybe. Both of which carry the same amount of risk, obviously. But I'd, I'd say the $500,000 house, like if it's in a nice prominent area, you're more likely to maintain like a base level of value versus if you're buying like a more risky property and lower income of town, you're betting on the entire ecosystem of that town, like making huge strides of like the community getting better and improving to then get better returns on that house. But I, I think about Web3 is the possibility of, okay, you have this $500,000 house and you have tons of people who may only have, I don't know, $1,000 to $10,000 to invest and they can fractionalize that property have somebody renovate the property and then sell the property for a million dollars and then have all that returns go back to all the holders. And basically it allows a lot of people who wouldn't have been able to compete in financial markets that are usually, um, 
I'd say more beneficial to people of higher status and like higher monets, like people who have more money. Now these underdogs are more able to compete in these markets. And that's what I kind of like describe Web3 as is like being able to give more technology and more power to those who previously didn't have it in our world type of deal. So, so it's like a flattening. Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's flattening it out. It's evening the odds. And because of the blockchain technology, uh, it can be done in a legitimate way, right? Um, You have a recording of everybody doing the transaction, you know exactly what shares they own. The smart contract can be coded so that you know what, how someone would be able to exit that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and those types of markets are coming. That's a really good way of explaining it super unique, which is like, hey, here's something you probably know a lot about, or at least enough about to, to know what a flip is, to know what a house is, to know what real estate investing is. Here's yes. how it could be improved in Web3, right? Uh, I love that example. And in fact, uh, they're, they're, that is one of my focuses right now is how Web3 will affect real estate. Real estate, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it really is going to change the game. I mean, there's some, we went, my wife and I went down to a conference down in uh, Miami. Uh, I think it was back in March for a company called Proppy. Uh, and they are a platform that allows you to, sell your house as an NFT. Uh, The NFT owns an LLC that owns the house. That's like the basics of it. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, And then they record the title and uh, the deed on the blockchain. Nice. And But they also have to record it at the proper municipalities right now. Like the, yeah. every, what I've noticed about the transition from the real world to the this Web3 world, <laughs> I keep saying the real world, it's all the real world, but you know real. What I'm <laughs> We're at real world traditional opportunities is that um, a lot of the stuff has to be redundant right now, just so people understand how it works. And then there'll be, I, I'm hoping for it, and another inflection point where people are like, wait, why are we doing this twice? It's so much more efficient instead of like having someone go to a municipality government office and, you know, checking out deeds and stuff like that and title uh, and title insurance. Like, I mean, you know, probably isn't going to be around for much longer if that works, because the whole point is to show clean title and the blockchain is immutable. So if we're recording title on the blockchain, then and, and it is, is seen as legitimate by the government, then we don't need to worry about title not being clean, right? Can save because a lot of nothing there too. Yeah, nothing that's not record nothing that is not recorded. That's a double negative, but whatever. A nothing that's not recorded on the blockchain, it's valid at that point. Now, this is a maxi case. I would love for yeah. us to get there. And Proppy is making strides towards that. They just released this week that they have uh, opened their own Proppy title company, hmm. uh, which is is fantastic news. That means they're not having to integrate their platform into traditional title companies, which are very much like a, maybe a duopoly if you're, if you're being kind, right? Like there's a lot of really big title companies out there. So that's a cool explanation. Um, Uh, As a note, one point I wanted to say on the podcast, like if you ever get your NFT advice from some random person on Instagram, like it's a scam, don't follow any like TikTok Instagram NFT advice, like Twitter is probably your best bet, I'd say, to learn in the space. But yeah, beware, beware of the evil influencers. Yeah, uh, there, there's yeah. good ones. There's really good ones out there um, that are are truly in it to to like help others on board. But there is a lot of bad actors out there. And there's, there's a lot of bad actors. Yeah. With that, I'd like to say the caveat, which is any space that <laughs> sees this amount of value created. Oh, yeah. uh, 
including the internet, including when cars were first founded, there's going to be a lot of bad actors. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. There just is. And right now it is so easy to disseminate information. It seems like there's only bad actors, but there are a lot of really good people out there. I mean, yeah. I look at like the goat project, the happy goat that you introduced. Happy like, goats. That's a beautiful project. Let's give them a plug. Tell us. Yeah. Like happy let's, goats. let's, let's plug the heck out of happy goats. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, both of us have been in the NFT space long enough that we can we can realize what's a good project and what's not to a degree. Yeah, let's actually put a, put a stake in that one. How did we start talking? We were in the same Discord. Ah, yes. but what was the project that got us yes. talking? <laughs> so 100% need to give a shout out to Block Party Labs hosted by Cray. I think he also goes by Dr. Nifty or Cray Cray. Um, <laughs> and maybe all three of those um, aliases, but... A super amazing man. I think he was more so uh, an OG in the NFT space than both of us were. I think he's been in it for at least a couple of years now. Big, big baller, but the nicest guy ever and was absolutely just like created this community of um, super tight individuals. I'd say maybe like it had 100, 200 people, but everybody in there was just friends of friends who came in and wanted to learn about NFTs. And Cray basically built out this entire Discord channel with tons of resources running all the way down. If you want to learn about certain DeFi topics, if you want to learn about certain NFTs, different chains to like interact on, how to get airdrops. I know a lot of those might be just like random words I'm throwing out, but a huge source of knowledge. And I think it came back down to like, that's where I got my start. Whereas I, I had a friend who was like, hey, heard you're like interested in NFTs. I know this guy who has this Discord. I'll get you an invite. You can come in and then learn about all of this. And then followed... Cray on Twitter and then followed everybody Cray followed on Twitter type of deal, which is a key if you want to learn, like find somebody good and then follow who they're following. Yeah. Um, and essentially that like just spending a couple months in that discord, just interacting with other people, all of us learning at the same time, Cray included for certain, certain projects that would come up, like, especially in the DeFi space. Like I remember all of us like navigating through the whole like Wonderland, um, Rome Dow, like Hilma Dow type of thing that was going on. And, how much money are we going to put into this? How much, what about like, is this a Ponzi scheme? We don't really know. Essentially everything crashed in the end, but there was a, there was a period of time where everybody was like making money and riding the waves together. Um, so definitely want to give a huge shout out to Craig, just creating good knowledge base right off the bat, um, which was like key to my growth specifically. But, and I'm assuming yours as well too, because I reached out to you because you were one of the, I think, professors in the chat. Yeah. So I got introduced through our mutual friend, uh, Anthony uh, and to Cray and I actually spoke to him a few times um, on Zoom and we talked about it and we even talked about doing a podcast together and, and all that like he we both had the same goals, which was to educate in the space, not to take advantage of people not to just have an alpha channel right, but to actually go out there and explain to people how to participate uh, in the space legitimately, which is still my goal. Right. Like I'm just effectuating it more now uh, with podcasts and other things I'm doing. Um, so that was awesome. And then I remember, it, I don't know if you DM'd me or you edited me, like, but it, we were like, dude, the, the notorious frogs. Notorious frogs, bro. Look at these. Cause I think either you posted about them and then you didn't really go get that many. And maybe I like saw it and was like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. And then I DM'd you. Or maybe it was the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Right. This frogs. community, just just for context for the audience, um, I heard about this community through my first ever PFP or profile picture 
purchase, which was a wicked cranium. Uh, this was uh, for context in, I think I got my wicked cranium around like June, May, June of 2021. And my mentor in the space who's been on the show, Ahek, um, he's like, you got to get into the PFP stuff. The board apes are blowing up, like find a PFP that works. And at the time, my theory and his theory was like, let's find strong communities with the craniums were great. And so I found the one that fit me. Uh, and I, you know, it had characteristics that I felt like reflected myself. Um, and so I joined them and I was in the community and I was loving it. Uh, and then through them, I hear about these notorious frogs and the notorious frogs are these, uh, they're building out their own metaverse. Right. This, this, I don't think anybody else is doing. This other. is OG metaverse. OG. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the founders of the project releasing NFTs to fund them building a metaverse. Right. Mm -hmm. And they had built out what I thought was the most authentic form of partnership. I think a traditional partnership in the NFT space is, hey, whitelist spots. Hey, free NFTs. This was hey, we're building out a metaverse and we're gonna we're actually going to build areas for these other projects in our metaverse. The land of Oseus is going to be for the Wicked Craniums and there's a spot for the Gutter Cat Gang, um, which is super cool. And I bought these things and I minted them and I told people about this, which was a unique use case. And I guess you listened. Uh, yes. and, and then I forgot about it. <laughs> like Six months go by yes. and all of a sudden you reach out to me then I start getting offers and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is actually going somewhere. And a really funny aside is that when I bought the frogs, my, there's no bigger naysayer in my uh, immediate community than my brother-in-law, who is the most risk-averse person ever, bless his heart. Uh, he is very smart, um, but extremely risk-averse. So when he hears NFTs, he cringes uh, and still cringes. <laughs> And I told him, I got two frogs and one of them's going to pay for your kid's college. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and every time they start shooting up, I just, hey man, you know what your frog's worth? You know what your frog's worth? Going up. Frogs are going up. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. So I think you reached out to me to, to, to let me know that the frogs were starting to it breathe a little bit of life. And man, it's fun. I mean, I was writing you on Discord last night because I was... <laughs> virtually chicken fighting and yep. i was like hey man i just made 30 million frog dollars you want some <laughs> yeah and i think you offered me like five million i was like wow that's the kindest thing ever like i and you you invited me into a gang as well yeah which i don't know if we can have out on the air but i'm part of a gang now yeah i'm part of a gang frog gang gang um, life uh, <laughs> Do we have a the, what, what was the uh was it merchants of mayhem i think so i think so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but a I mean, few gangs. <laughs> yeah, the frogs were a great project. I even like, I think I maybe messaged you after uh, for NFT Miami, or I don't know if that was a proper name of the event, but I went on like a yacht party that the Notorious Frogs were hosting. I think that's when I like started pushing them even more to you. And I was like, this is going to be really big. Like the frogs are awesome. Like they, it was like super cool. Um, and I think they're chilling at like a 0.3 ETH floor. Um, they still got a long way to go, but their their metaverse and tech and team is just like everything you want on a project. So when I read their medium articles, I get oh warm and fuzzy. I get warm and fuzzy. It's yeah. like I don't read a lot of medium articles from communities because it's kind of most of it's just puffery, if you will. But like 
when they write about co-creation and their theory behind it and why they're doing gangs the way they're doing and all of that, like it, it, it gives me like a warm feeling inside. I love it. It's so authentic. It's so well-intentioned. Yeah. The, I think the thing that frogs have is content and which beats out a lot of other communities, especially in this downturn in the space. Like the frogs have been floor price, maybe just a tiny bit. Community has been rock solid throughout this entire downturn. It's because they're constantly putting out like quality content, like so much like, gameplay like lore that like ties everything in together that like just keeps you constantly engaged and i think that's like the key for the nft space right now is if you're putting out good content people are going to stick around so yeah i mean it really comes down to, to simple saying that you want to provide more value than you're taking yeah, uh, yeah. and a lot of times uh i shorts howard shout out like great great resource in this space for alpha and coming from a private equity background, he has like a good knowledge base and he's always learning and stuff. And he's been tweeting out recently, like how, you know, the, the typical NFT model has not really changed. Like 99.9% of these communities are create NFT, create friend of NFT, stake NFT, build uh, airdrop token, uh, you know, like they're all doing the same thing. So what's going to differentiate people? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and it may not drive floor price, right? Like that's the part that you really have to get comfortable with is that yep. even the differentiated ones are just surviving, yep. right? They're just not imploding completely. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and you get value from it. You get social value. I've, I've often talked about like how you, we, this space has allowed you to monetize socializing in a good way, in my yep. opinion. Um, now, a lot of toxic positivity comes out of that as well. And there's that whole argument. But for the most part, and if you find the communities that you're interested in, it's up to you whether you spend time in there and how yeah. much time you spend in there. And shit, man, uh, chicken fighting, playing roulette. I'll like reach over to my wife in bed. And I'm like, hey, what not, what should I put it on black or red? <laughs> like, literally just typing a command in the thing. So yeah. I love notorious frogs. I always like to kind of wrap things up with the future. Uh, I want to know more about your future in the space, where you see yourself going. Are you a lifetime community manager? What have you? And also Web3 in general, where in, in five months, six months versus like five, 10 years, what is the big, hairy, audacious Web3 goals that you see happening or, or, or your own personal goals? Yeah, no, absolutely. I would say in terms of Web3 in the space, I think still providing more access to people who who are kind of left out of traditional like financial systems type of deal. And going back to like that housing uh, analogy I made earlier, like I haven't really seen that done yet where I was describing earlier about like the real estate market where you could basically fractionalize houses and then give people the opportunity to do that. I use that as like an example for people to like, as a good way to describe Web3 um, and how it can connect to the real world. But I think more, more so like, I think more of that happening is what's going to occur in the next like maybe six months to a year where people are like, Hey, I really want to like get more involved in like real world, real world things. And I want to use web three technology. I think doing that in the real estate space is really good. Um, happy goats doing that with their farm, similar thing. Um, so I think through for the web three space, I think it's going to be like a lot of stagnation in terms of like um, stagnation in the social realm, if that makes sense. Cause everybody's like kind of, harping on nfts and the web3 space right now just because the current market and big downturns and people losing a lot of money so i think like the social image of nfts is going to be kind of stagnate for a bit while everybody's building and producing all this technology and then i think we're going to have a huge revamp maybe at the end of the summer where people are like 
oh, this is really cool tech. Oh, this is going on. This is serving, like solving real world problems. Um, and that's what I'm like most excited about is like being able to do that and how I tie into that. I, I love being community manager. Like it's awesome. Like just being able to interact and like meet and talk with people like every single day. Like there's so many like smart and intelligent people in our communities that it's amazing. Like the other day, like I was talking with like somebody who owned like an aerospace company. Um, you of course being like, you're coming from your lawyer background and having tons of knowledge and then being in the NFT space as well. And then also talking to, talking to like an underwriter as well. And I was like, this is so cool. Like just talking to all these people at the same time. And then like a mom of three that like hopped in and was like, oh my God, I love NFTs. I love like this space. Like what's going on? Let's vibe. And she like knew all this stuff. And I was like, this yes, is awesome. I it's, love it's, that. It's freaking awesome. And then being able to have all those people come together and like just doing that in your like office or bedroom or wherever you're at, a coffee shop, like being able to connect with people on this deeper level and then work on technology together is super cool. Yeah, wouldn't mind like working on side projects as well. Always got uh, more hours of sleep that I don't need, I guess. Um, <laughs> you're young, you're young, yeah. you're good. I figured it's grind okay, time. Yeah. We, we could do whatever, but um, yeah, I'd say like that's my current current outlook on the space is basically providing more technology to more retail people, retail investors, people who really don't know much about NFTs, but then having this tech ready and making it convenient for them to enter the space and then be like, this is solving problems I have in my life. Thank you so much. Let's keep building. Type of deal. So. I love that. I love that. And then any crazy predictions for five years out? Because we all know one year in this space is like 10 years. So let's say oh five gosh. years is like 50 years from now. <laughs> yeah, that, What would be a really cool thing you think might happen if, if the, all of the positives that we've talked about start yeah. to outweigh the negatives and we start to get mass adoption? What do you see happening? Um, honestly, I see like a lot of the larger financial financial institutions that like have a grip over certain industries kind of like fading away a bit. I mean, kind of like what you're seeing now with like TV networks. Like I don't, I don't like pay for a TV subscription. I know my parents still do like cable news, that type of thing. They've had a huge decline in numbers because everybody's just going to the internet, going to like podcasts, news outlets just to get free internet. And I think we're going to say, see a similar change to that with like, say you wanted to like purchase a car, like instead of like having to pay super high um, interest rates on like financing for a car, you could just go to like a protocol that like has funds and then maybe get like a 1% interest rate and then just have your entire car financed by this like protocol. And then you could stake an NFT against it. And I think maybe that's going to happen a lot sooner than five years. I know somebody that's tried that already and it worked. They like put up a crypto punk to then purchase like a Toyota Tundra. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, making, I think more. Hope so they don't, like, I hope they don't miss a payment. <laughs> yes. yeah that would be the worst <laughs> but is it enforced by smart contract yeah, yeah. it is oh wow yeah. so, so like, like the if, payment if, comes out every if, the pay, if they miss the payment then i think there's like a waiting period um and they have like an additional month to like make up the payment and then if they're not crypto punk's gone obviously you keep the tundra but then they just profited i don't know the tundra cost you maybe 50k and then they just profited 200k off your crypto punk so but they have to factor in the volatility right Exactly. Um, like exactly. that's you do your your loan to value ratio is going to be much different uh, if you are putting an NFT or crypto up um, for the foreseeable future. But maybe exactly. in five to ten years, it's not. Maybe in yeah. five to ten years, it's a more stable asset like modern fine art. Uh, one thing uh, in closing before we go, and 
uh, that I wanted to, to touch back on is I do want to give that the happy goats a shout out and we kind of oh, yeah. veered off to notorious frogs. And so I wanted to, if you gave them like a, you know, 30 second plug, how would you describe the happy goats and why you were willing to reach out to me and, and other people to try and bring them on board? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, the happy goats connected with a community that I was already super strong in. So there's a good partnership there and they offered our community three, um, like allow list spots where we were able to mint before everybody else. And we got a reduced price at minting, which was awesome. The price was reasonable at like 0.07 ETH, which good sign for a project. They're not trying to like gouge the investors. And then joining the community and looking into it, they already had a huge team of basically people who are like crypto natives and then like tech natives and like have been in the whole like uh, private equity side and then a bunch of farmers. And they've already purchased like these are real farmers, folks. Real not farmers, not like yield real farmers. farmers. <laughs> no, real, far, real farmers. And they already purchased a ton of property in California that they're already building on and they already have the money for the property and everything. So these NFTs aren't really financing the construction more so or the purchase of the property. They might be subsidizing it a bit, but they already have this good, they already have the farm, they already have the goats, they already have a good quality team. The mint process is very good. It's like only organic growth, no like huge chilling. The artwork looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, and it just ticks all the boxes. Like the team is very genuine. They're hosting their public sale, I believe, today, which is the 25th of May. And they said if they don't sell out, which they don't expect to, they're just going to close it off. And then that's the community for now. And then in the future, when they have more value and like the community is more built out and the project and the space are more built out, then they'll open up more spots at a higher price. And I think that's like they're doing everything right in terms of organic growth, having good quality art, having a product already there. Like you have that land utility holders, holders will be able to go and visit the land. You're getting like active daily pictures of goats and videos of goats, which is cool. Who doesn't love happy goats? Um, <laughs> so it's really good. Like you have the utility aspect, you have the content aspect, good team. I mean, there's, um, goat, good yeah, there's goat yoga. So, I mean, oh, I didn't even know that. Practicing yoga with goats. So, you know, yeah. they got another business model there. Yeah, no longer downward dog. It is downward goat now. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate yeah, so. you sharing that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you giving us the time today. I mean, I really yeah. enjoyed the conversation. It's cool to see how someone goes from traditional, you know, kind of financial world into like full-fledged Web3. You're just trying to bring people closer together and trying to live out that uh, that beautiful incentive alignment that, you know, we believe the web three creates. So thanks TJ. Oh, thanks for having me on. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining web three with me. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review as it'll help us reach more people. If you want to connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter at off edge underscore. Thanks for vibing in the verse with me and hope you'll join us next time.